You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast. Except when we're not doing a VHS. And this is a brand new one. We are continuing our Batman month. Matt, what is the last Batman movie we watched? We watched a recent release, the 2021 release of Batman Soul of the Dragon. All right, here we go. Here's the trailer. Nice pad. Richard, you haven't changed at all, Bruce. You might be surprised. What was that back there? The mask. It's a way to keep my lives separate. I can't think of the last time we saw each other. I bet you can remember the last time. The first time, too. I'm eager to learn. They all say that. Ben Turner, Richard Dragon, Shiva, disciplined, honorable. She's very dedicated. Ben, Shiva. I assume you're in some kind of trouble. The Cobra Cult, a worldwide organization of murderous zealots. Kill them. We have to stop it, no matter what. I ain't ever gonna turn down whooping somebody's ass. No matter how much you train, evil remains. We're not done yet. Begin. A quarry is a bit more formidable than we thought. That's handy. This isn't gonna be easy. Remember, you are stronger together than apart. Okay, there are a lot of familiar voices in there. Catch all those? Yeah, and, uh, you know, beyond just like the super obvious Michael Jai White and James Hong, who you can't like miss <laughs> in there, we got Kelly Who is back from the last one we talked about. So, uh, it's yeah, it's fun. And of course, we have to mention that my guy, Mark Dacascos, is in here as well. So, yeah, already stacked cast. Yeah, I love how you're bearing the Matt lead there. That's what I'd call that. Yes. I mean, most people would go with Bruce Wayne or maybe the, you know, Michael J. White. But for you, it's always Marky Mark. That's right. That's my boy. Uh, <laughs> once you're in Double Dragon, you're in my heart forever. <laughs> He's called Richard Dragon. In this. He is. He is. He is dragon related in this as well. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, so this is definitely both of our first time watching this. And you you dartboarded this one. Yeah, sort of like a, a little bit with the intent that I hadn't seen this one and I wanted to see this one. Uh, there's a few of these in the uh, Batman animated uh, catalog that I, I haven't seen yet that I do still want to see. But this one sounded good to me. It was kind of newer. Um, and despite like, honestly, I feel like if you're listening to this episode, you probably haven't really heard of this. I feel like it wasn't super marketed very well, uh, but it did come out like 
still during the thick of the pandemic. So I, that might have had something to do with it. But like, it's gotten like consistently good reviews and stuff like that. So I'm glad we're getting the chance to kind of talk about it. And maybe maybe we even get somebody to watch it who never heard of it before. Yeah, it's definitely a much different take on the Batman story than I've ever seen with any of these animated movies. It's doing well when it comes to, the you know, the grades, so to speak, from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. I do wonder how well the downloads are doing for it, because, I mean, it's not available on HBO Max. Yeah, where most of them are right now, including some of the new ones. So, yeah, this one just kind of got skipped over. Yeah, I don't know if they just wanted to let it be on its own and make its own money and then pick it up later. I, I don't really know how that works. Yeah, I don't know what they're what they're holding off with it for. But uh, like like I said, it's almost like it's not really been marketed that much either. Like it isn't I don't see it around. You know, I couldn't miss when the long Halloween was coming out, which is now on HBO. Like, But this one just kind of got kind of got buried a little bit, which I think was unfortunate. But that, again, led to why I kind of dartboard picked it. I was like, well, what's this one about? <laughs> well, one thing I question is the poster, the DVD art is really a lot different than the animation style. Yeah, it almost looks like that kind of real quality to it or whatever. Then whereas like the, the animation within the movie itself is still more kind of classic Batman. Yeah, and it's obviously drawing a ton of influence from the old uh, Kung Fu movies. I, I always think of the Kung Fu movies from the 70s and 80s. Uh, that's mine, and I'm sure most people. I don't know if anything was before then. Yeah, this is I, this is absolutely heavily, heavily influenced by like the 70s kind of Shaw yeah. Brothers kind of mm -hmm. uh, Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. And uh, another reason why I was really excited to dig in on this one, I've been watching some of those a little bit lately um, in my off time. So it was it was like perfect to kind of link up Batman with that. My brain was already kind of in the right mode <laughs> when we pulled this one. I mean, even the characters, you've got Richard Dragon clearly being influenced by Bruce Lee. No question about that. Michael J. White's character. I'm trying to remember when there was that 70s black exploitation where he was a uh, a black ninja. I, not him, but, you know, an actor back then. <laughs> the black exploitation movies yeah i yeah. mean michael J. white's black dynamite so yeah like... <laughs> i mean there's yeah that black dynamite too but i mean black dynamite you know was absurd ridiculous you know comedy so i didn't know if they were really trying to you know draw influence from that one i don't know i think michael J. white is like a martial artist so i think that he's sort of like legit being put in this one because he he knows the stuff he's mm -hmm. from the world yeah, and then Kelly, who comes as a lady, Shiva. I don't really know if she's really drawn from anyone. She just seems like the badass gang leader that came to the United States, which I thought was kind of fun to have her, you know, use all this fighting ability. And then she comes to the U.S. and she's hanging out in Bruce Wayne's part of the world and she's a crime lord. All of these characters are from like the like if you guys know the sort of Batman origin story of him going like to Asia to learn sort of the ways of the ninja and stuff like that. This is like sort of his click while he was there, all these people. Yeah, and I guess the biggest change is kind of the angle they take 
looking at Bruce Wayne, the young Bruce Wayne, when he comes back and he, like, he's kind of hiding the fact that he's Batman, almost like he doesn't want to tell these people that he's Batman or show them. So I thought that was interesting. It's definitely a different look at Bruce Wayne. You don't see often like we've all seen year one, but that is definitely different than this kind of like early Batman. Yeah, this is like the fun sort of lost years of sort of Batman figuring it out (laughs) a little bit. Crossed a little bit with uh, James Bond, too, in a way. Yeah, I think that 70s influence on the movie got, you know, made it so that he could play it like that kind of a character, too. And that was fun to see. That was interesting. I mean, it was definitely something I didn't expect either. Going further with the characters, you know, we have the the leader, the sensei, the older man that's wise beyond his years, training all the youngins. Uh, what was the name of that character? It's O Sensei. Oh, Sensei. OK, very kind of like simple the there. Yeah. <laughs> and James Hong. Well, that's the thing is like all these characters are just some version of a stereotype. Yeah, they're archetypes for sure. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So that's kind of I, I guess they went with that to play on kind of like the 70s vibe of what was coming out then with all these, like we weren't so much interested in the depth of a character, just like what they were doing inside the story. Yeah. And like, yeah, each one sort of just represents, you know, like you said, kind of the archetype. We've got our like our five deadly venoms here, right? You know, we've got all the different the different types of fighting styles. And yeah, we see like, how you mentioned with like Lady Shiva, it's like we see sort of then where they've gone. You know, Bruce Wayne became Batman. Lady Shiva went is a crime lord. You know, like they all kind of spooled off and did their own things. Yeah, and was Ben Turner and Michael J. White's character was he a teacher teaching kung fu to kids? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny how they all kind of like split up and what they went to go do afterwards. But the main I guess storyline is all of them meeting many years ago and and training in some we don't actually know where. So somewhere in China, <laughs> that's all we know, right? Right, right. It's just some, you know, in the Himalayas or whatever, you know, some region, secret region, you know, it's it's just like the, the Bruce Wayne origin story kind of thing. He's got to find it and getting to it is like part of the part of the training or whatever. Like you have to find this hidden place. Once you get there, then, you know, you you meet all these characters, whatever. And we learn that there is a a sword that is like a key that opens up this magical door that the O-sensei is guarding. Yeah, and the door basically is hiding away super demon monsters. Super snakes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Including the villain King Snake, which is, I think, been in some of the comics and stuff like that so yeah like it is it is hosting these demon snake things that uh you know it is it has been given to osensei to keep guard on and uses the soul breaker which is the name of the the sword that is the key or whatever which is entrusted to uh lady jade or lady yeah jade jade nuyen um right she's the Mm -hmm. one or no yeah there's a shiva one of the ladies gets to keep the blade um, and is is supposed to, even as they split off and go in their different directions, keep that oh, safe yeah. so that we can make sure that nobody ever gets in the gate because one of the five people in their original group 
turns on them in like in our origin story. Yeah, because I remember. Okay, so Jade was the one who got mad that Lady Shiva was supposed to be watching the sword, and then late, and then uh, Oh Sensei told Lady Shiva to defeat Jade only using one finger or something like that. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. And we find out like Lady Shiva can do some massive damage by basically just hitting you right with a couple fingers. Yeah. You know, we've seen that kind of like the death, uh, the death blow in certain, you know, I mean, seen that in a few Kung Fu that's movies. A, that's a martial arts kind of trope a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Where they can hit you in one spot and it will make your heart stop. Uh, so that kind of stuff. You know, we get introduced to all these characters. It's a fun little montage of kind of showing all their skills off. And then one, you know, steals the sword and it ends up. No, wait, later on, right? It's in the future that someone steals the sword. And we kind of have this cool bad guy where he's all dressed in white, blonde hair and everything like that. And he's going around with all these ninjas to get the sword so he can go back to the location. And that's when you have Richard Dragon come and meet Bruce Wayne. And he's like, we got to get the gang back together because we got to stop them from getting the sword to the you know, secret location that will open up and release the snake demon people. Yeah, because they know because they've seen it in the past with the guy that tried it before that, you know, abandoned our team. And it, it find we find out that the this guy dressed in white, the the Schlangenfaust or whatever it is, he's also kind of like a snake monster guy, too, which is pretty cool looking. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't he get his hands cut off at one point and then they're like snakes? Yeah, then they're like snake arms and he's like the, you know, he's kind of like this almost like I, I, I point to and it's probably that's probably a lame example, but I'd point to like a, a Sin City where he's kind of got like the glasses and no eyes. But yeah, then he has these, these fucking snake arms. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I know this just reminded me of some type of bad guy in G.I. Joe. I, I mean, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then like one of his. I think when they cut off his hand, it actually turns into its own snake monster on its own. So he's got snake monsters as hands and a giant snake monster like, you know, sidekick. (laughs) So it's a pretty crazy, you know, combination. And then the main baddie in this, I can't remember his name. He's the one who controls all the ninjas and everything. And he's like born. Well, he thinks he's born to unlock these snake demons. And he's the one who sends, you know, like snake hands here and the whole ninjas and everything. And I can't remember that guy's name for nothing. But yeah, there is a guy who sends these guys out there and like eventually he's got to be the one to like sacrifice himself in order for the uh, the snakes to come out or and or possess somebody, which the snake ends up doing to the sensei, the oh, sensei uh, at the end of the movie there. Yeah, he. I mean, he's not. He kind of doesn't do much. Mostly his minions do most of the fighting. And then he kind of like has a little duel at the end. But what we didn't mention was, or at least I didn't, that the O-sensei is actually killed at the beginning. And that's kind of what what drives a rift between this group, because then they all go about their own business after they had the traitor try to unlock all of them. Later on in the movie, we do get a repeat of O-sensei. He comes back, but he's a baddie. Yep, he's possessed by the snake monster. These are some fun battles at the end. I really liked them. I enjoyed them. I had a fun time. 
I had a fun time with the majority of this. And if it feels like we're kind of like flying through this podcast with it, it's because this movie flies. It said it was 82 minutes, I think, something like that, but it felt shorter. Yeah, I feel like content, like credits, maybe 82 minutes, but content wise, I feel like it's in the 70 minute region. It's it's like it truly is like meet the old gang. Now we got to get the gang back together. Here's the mission. Here's the bad guys. Here's the finale. Basically, like it does happen all very quickly. Yeah. One thing I find interesting about this is Batman isn't in the majority of this until I would say what the last 25 minutes is when he changes into his Batman suit and then starts fighting. Yeah, um, it almost seems in, in the movie starts off with Richard Dragon. It almost does seem like this is kind of Dragon's movie a little bit. Yeah, um, with, you know, Batman's a member of the team, but it's sort of him sort of leading the charge. Um, so, yeah, we don't really see much bat action until that big finale. Yeah, and that could turn off some viewers. Yeah, if you were coming exclusively for Batman, you kind of yeah, you're going to have to split your time a little bit because we do get so much of the other guys. And I, yeah, I would say this is led by Dragon, which is okay by me because it's Mark Dacascus and I'm always fine with that. (laughs) Oh, and it has a pretty funny ending when it ends. Like they're all about to, they all step in to the portal to, I guess, like close it and lock it and make sure it, it doesn't reopen. But only one of them need to do it. But, you know, all three of them go anyway, all four of them go anyway. And then they like get ready to fight and the movie ends. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's very like cartoony, like yeah. not like cartoon as in like animated like this film is, but, you know, like Saturday morning cartoony. Um, yeah. And they kind of like do their like poses ready to fight. And, you know, we're never going to get a sequel to this. So like, no. <laughs> it's just kind of a fun, uh, silly ending. But at the same time, it's like, of course, these guys are going to defeat the demons. We don't need to see it to know that. Yeah. And somehow they're going to get out and they're all going to go back, you know, Doing the things. Maybe we lose one of them, but probably not. But probably not. They're too strong. And together, they cannot be stopped. <laughs> I kind of forgot, and I just remembered, that the main bad guy, the main leader, like kills a prostitute at one point in this movie and then has a, I don't know, uh, like a U-Haul pod of kidnapped children that he's going to sacrifice and i was like oh yeah that whole thing happened (laughs) yeah you have to offer up the sacrifice to the snake god or whatever so yeah his choice was like well let's just get a bunch of kids that'll do it right that'll satisfy (laughs) i was like wow that was brutal you could get anyone and you chose children (laughs) the benefit of having these uh these er- this era i guess of these batman movies it's really nice to have these r-rated ones like this one is because you can get away with stuff like that having like a prostitute in there and having like yeah children sacrifices they don't end up getting sacrificed but it's enough you know to push the boundaries a little bit so i i'm always excited when i see that there's like a new r-rated batman animated coming out yeah i mean it's fun it's you know kind of I don't know, pushing the the limits on animation, you know, adult content animated. You know, I like it. It's yeah, all fun. Batman's not just for kids, you know. Batman's for all of us. We, it, it's very much. I feel like the animated movies are really taking a, a page out of the comic books, where it's like you have these stories that are connected, and then you have these one-offs that are not connected. You have the ones that are for the kids. You have the ones that are for the adults, and it's it's all telling these 
you know, similarly threaded stories like Batman's origin is still kind of the same in this or whatever. So there is an awareness of the other comics, but it is doing very much its own thing. And I like the fact that the movies are doing this, you know, much like the comics. I think that's the way it should be. I agree. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, do we recommend Batman Soul of the Dragon. I, I highly recommend I had an absolute blast with this movie. I, I benefited, I guess, from watching some Kung Fu movies beforehand. So maybe if you want to give yourself a little like Kung Fu appetizer before going into this, if you're into that sort of thing, I definitely recommend it if you're into those kind of movies, like throw in a Shaw Brothers 70s movie and then follow it up with this if you like that kind of stuff and you like Batman. It's a good combination of the two. I, I had an absolute blast with this movie. I was just like delighted from start to finish. It was so easy to watch. Um, and yeah, breezy short, like just really, that was it. Simple as it could be. And that's fine by me too. It may not reach like the top echelon where like Red Hood and Fan Mask of the Phantasm sit, but it's a really good one. Yeah, I recommend this to anyone who wants to watch an action kung fu animation. Uh, really cool. My little like asterisk there is if you want to watch a Batman centric animation, I I don't think you're going to like this. You said at one point it feels like this is a dragon led movie. I, I think that's the one thing this is going to turn off people who want under the Red Hood, who want Batman Mask of the Phantasm, who want, you know, like that Batman centric movie. This is not it. No, and you don't and you don't also really have like the Batman doing like the detective work kind of stuff like that. This is more fantasy Batman for sure. He's fighting monsters. It's supernatural. You know, there's cursed swords and stuff like that. Like if that doesn't sound like your thing, this isn't going to be your thing. Yeah, I mean, it's snake demon people uh, that could really turn off a lot of people. And, you know, the cover could confuse people. So I don't know how well this is doing. It is a really well done animation. Uh, I think the story is a fun Kung Fu action. So if you're into that, you're going to like it. The only little thing I was, I don't know how I feel about it was putting the blur. I don't know. You, you remember the, all the motion blur that they put on the kicks and the punches. Most animations yeah. don't do that. I mean, that's the thing about animations. They don't cells and everything don't produce motion blur like real action you know uh recorded kung fu movie or anything like that so they were trying that i don't know how i felt about it it got a little distracting sometimes but i guess after about 45 50 minutes i just stopped noticing yeah like you said it's a, it is if it's, they're treating it as like a live action kung fu movie yeah. versus a cartoon so it doesn't need to do that but yeah it's a, it's a choice. It's a stylistic choice. And again, for some people, that might be a turnoff. It's just one of those things. But uh, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle and bring something back like Indy to our Batman animated movie wing of the museum. I think this is number eight, so it's getting full, but that's fine because more Batman's fine with us. <laughs> uh, you got something for the museum? Yeah, I want to put uh, Schlangenfaust in there, the snake monster guy. He isn't sort of the big bad. He's the side. It's 
it's the classic thing of like the sidekick henchman bad guy is more interesting than the main bad guy here um and yeah he's cool looking he's He's got the the white coat, the sunglasses. He's calm, cool guy. And then, yeah, you cut into him, and he's like a snake person. Uh, and it has that really cool fight scene, like right before the big finale, with him snaking out. And uh, I just think he's a cool character, and would like to see more of him. I thought Lady Shiva really struck out, uh, stuck out to me. I liked her. I liked that she came and became a crime boss in Gotham. Yeah. And that uh, Richard Dragon at one time goes, well, how do you feel about that? And he's like, I'll deal with that later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would like to see that story. (laughs) I also like when they like kind of ask her about it. She's just kind of like, it's a living. (laughs) (laughs) I I run an underground fight club and I'm also like a gangster. (laughs) (laughs) It's a living. It's what I do. Whatever. If I got to do with Batman later, I will. <laughs> and uh, Ben Turner, there's like actually probably the most honest. Well, I mean, maybe Richard Dragon, but like, I guess Richard Dragon is kind of like a hired gun. Yeah, Richard Dragon, like you said, is kind of like the Bruce Lee type ish character, whereas like Ben Turner is more like your Boy Scout. Yeah, I just think it's funny. He's the biggest and like loudest one out of all of them is like probably the best person out of all (laughs) yeah yeah the most stand up exactly (laughs) so that's pretty funny all right uh we'll move on to what we watched i've got a little decent list because we haven't talked in a while and we had our thanksgiving break so i had some time to watch some stuff uh i watched the first two episodes of hawkeye disney plus's new marvel film uh marvel series so far good uh i think it's interesting how they're using the older characters that are kind of being phased out to introduce new characters i think that's fun i always like when they do stuff like that kind of like the newer star wars or kind of like the old characters are being phased out and the new ones were introduced i like that so i'm i'm hopeful for this one because you know i didn't like wandavision I really didn't like Winter Soldier, whatever that was called. I can't even remember. Um, I don't know. What is it? Something. Uh, was it just Winter Soldier? Well, what was is it their names? Called? Yeah, but what? Uh, what's his Falcon name? and the Winter Soldier? Oh, that's it. That's it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think I was it, never it, it, gonna it's get just the, the title. <laughs> I was never going to get there. The title yeah. is just their names. I forgot that. I was like, wait, is it like? <laughs> exactly i didn't like it i like i'm like done with that series it just kind of faded away uh i just i like falcon i just really don't like the winter soldier i find him so boring <laughs> yeah i am in that same exact boat uh i know there are people that love that character yeah, but i don't, I don't see it well people love some people love the brooding characters and I never liked them in wrestling. I never liked them in movies. They're just boring. And they're done over and over. Like, I'm angry. I had a bad childhood. But unlike Batman, who had a shitty childhood, he's interesting <laughs> brooding. I don't find Winter Soldier interesting brooding at all. He's just no. boring and brooding. <laughs> yeah, if I, I'm glad I do not have to suffer through any more movies of Captain America screaming about Bucky, my friend Bucky. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that got a second season. I'm 
pretty sure it has a second season coming. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'll watch that one at all. I won't even get a chance. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, Loki, I liked. So, you know, I'm hopeful. Maybe they'll figure these things out where they're better for me. Because that's all I really care about. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's all that matters. <laughs> I also watched the first like five episodes that were available for The Shrink Next Door. This is an Apple Plus series with Will Ferrell. And who am I thinking of? Of Ant-Man, Sexiest Paul Man, Rudd. Paul Rudd. I love it. This has, a you know, kind of like parallels with The Morning Show where you have these comedians that are, you know, being really good dramatic actors even though this is called a black comedy which i'm like okay it's a drama but it's really compelling and it's frustrating to watch not because i don't like it it's just like what's happening to the main character played by will ferrell is just so frustrating like oh my god you're being manipulated (laughs) like yelling at the screen don't do it (laughs) you you and you also you can't go wrong those two you know those those guys can carry a show no problem so much charisma between those two and you know what i know there's some people out there who don't like will ferrell don't find him that funny i think they're crazy they're insane but even if you don't like their his comedy you, i don't know how you couldn't like him in this he's just so damn likable every time he does anything you just don't get it but there are the there are the Will Ferrell haters out there, and it's a very specific type of comedy. But yeah, he is a good actor, so yeah, you almost have to look past it at this point. Mm-hmm. And it has so many good, rich uh, side characters that like just prop the show up, like give it a really high uh, floor. I guess you could say when you come to rating these high floor uh, TV series, so you're never going to be disappointed. Um, so far, that's what I'm finding from Apple Plus Television is maybe they're not like the epic TV series that everyone will be talking about, but their floor is very high. Always enjoyable. They're doing, they're doing a good, they're giving you quality. They're they're doing, they're doing a good thing. They have sort of that base level figured out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the last one I watched, I watched black Friday, which is the black Friday comedy horror film. It's fun. Uh, you get exactly what you think you're going to get in this. It is a like a movie that takes place in one night, Black Friday, uh, one location. There are monsters that they definitely spent the money on for the makeup and everything. The prosthetics looks great. It's fun. I got some chuckles. It's got Devin Sawa in it, so I think you'd like it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm glad I'm known as the Devin Sawa guy. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I know you It's like, oh, so, you know, so it's uh, got also got Michael Jai White in it, who does. Man, I wish he was in the movie more, but that's not really a spoiler. I just always wish there was more Michael Jai White. Uh, I feel like he's been underappreciated for a while, at least for the like general audience. Yeah, I feel he's been like for the most part, he's been regulated to like direct to video movies in a way. Mm-hmm. which is a shame but yeah. it, like i will you know spawn you will always be spawned to me and he's uh black dynamite so at least at least he's had those <laughs> but yeah it is a shame that he is only like a direct-to-video actor because i think he's better than that i agree and of course bruce campbell it's bruce campbell he's great at it he's bruce campbell <laughs> he's bruce campbell for a reason <laughs> he's like old man bruce campbell it, and you'll 
if you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's a little subdued, but you can see a little bit, you know, coming out. And uh, I think they were purposely doing that to like prop up the other actors. Let's not like let him go full Bruce Campbell. Yeah, not full Bruce. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Uh, I had a blast. I, I recommend it to anyone who's, you know, looking to have fun for about 90 minutes because I think that it comes in in about 84 minutes. So it's actually a little bit less. So and for anyone who has ever worked retail during the holidays, you get to see some of these people kill some of these customers. I mean, they're monster customers, but that shit's fun. <laughs> well, I've dealt with some monster customers in retail before, so <laughs> there will be a level of satisfaction there. <laughs> yeah, and I think next episode we'll be able to talk somewhat about the Chucky series. Obviously, no spoilers, but kind of like our final thoughts on it. Yeah, we're, as we're recording it today, the finale is airing. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get a, we'll get some closure on that next episode because uh, it's been a journey. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything to add before we end it? Yeah, I actually have a, a, kind of a strange recommendation, but stick with me here. So like over the course of the Thanksgiving holiday, I definitely caught up on a lot of like trash movies I wanted to watch and rewatch and stuff like that. Um, so but one of, and one of the things I do when I watch any movie particularly though the trash movies is I watch all the bonus features on uh, the Blu-rays or DVDs or whatever. Um, and I, I, I love the featurettes. Those are always my favorite. Um, and I watch, I watch all, if I own the Blu-ray, I will watch the featurettes. It's pretty much goes without saying. Mm -hmm. So one of the trash movies I watched over this uh, Thanksgiving break was uh, Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. And the, <laughs> the movie is, just as awful as you remember it um, and just as random or whatever. However, there is a two hour and 14 minute behind the scenes on it. I, I, it, I won't call it a featurette because it's two hours and 14 minutes long. But this thing should be taught in film schools. The it is it's perfectly summing up. Everything that's happening sort of right now with like the labor problems that the um, production workers are fighting for and, you know, fighting for better hours and better, you know, being better taken care of. And the stuff that's happened, like with like the uh, the rust shooting and like the irresponsibility on film sets and stuff like that. You basically have two hours and 14 minutes of Michael Bay being fucking crazy and everybody just kind of dealing with it. And this documentary does not like paint him necessarily in a positive light, uh, which I found utterly fascinating. And for this whole two hours and 14 minutes, I sat and watched just like fully engrossed. And it, it should be taught in film schools as sort of like what not to do when making a big budget movie because Michael Bay is so reckless and irresponsible and getting these actors so close to danger and stuff like that. And there's so many close calls in the documentary and stuff like that. And then the, the actors sort of talking about their experience, like feeling that. And I just found it's like fascinating and it, it, it takes you, it's also really interesting because it takes you from sort of the genesis of the idea of the movie to all the way to the release of it. So you sort of have a little bit of like the developmental process, and then sort of the marketing process as well as sort of the production that you usually see in these featurettes and things like that. I found this thing to be 
amazing. I want to, I, like I said, I think it should be required viewing in film school because it tells you so much of what not to do as well as paints a picture from the seed of an idea all the way to like a big, you know, $600 million movie release. I, if, you, if you ever come across, it's, I found this Blu-ray for $2. It was sealed and brand new and everything. If you come across the Transformers 2 Blu-ray, do not be afraid to pick it up because it is worth it for this bonus feature. It was insane. It was absolutely insane and so fascinating. And which Transformers Blu-ray? The second one. Okay, what's the actual subtitle of that? Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't remember any of all that shit's just blended together. Um, I do remember the first one pretty good. Oh, no, the second one. Yeah, that's the one that had like the uh, problematic characters at one point. Yes, yes. It has like sort of the minstrel style black car characters. And the, and it has like the uh, the humping little robot. It's got the giant robot with balls. Like oh, it's, right, <laughs> it's yeah. so many just immature things. And you literally see in this documentary that I'm talking up. So would you see like Michael Bay come up with the idea for the thing to have balls. And it's like everybody around him is looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, no, it'll be funny. We got to do it. Like, yeah, I can't recommend this documentary enough. It was amazing. This is the two disc special edition. It's yeah, it's on there. That's a whopping $8 on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it, worth it for the doc. Anything else? No, uh, all the other trash things I watched over the week were just that trash. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I completely forgot that I watched this. I watched Alone, Frank, that is, the documentary. Uh, kind of embarrassed that it took me this long to watch it. But man, talk about someone making a documentary that's just humping Frank Stallone's leg. I mean, <laughs> part of me is just like, wait, did he make this just to be like, look how great I am. I didn't look who directed it, but the director and writer was Derek Wayne Johnson. Yeah, it's serious. They just pull all the stars they can that worked with him. And they're like, no, you guys don't understand. Frank is so fucking talented. <laughs> and it, I just was kind of like in amazement watching this and I'm like I love Frank Stallone kind of a little ironically but also I think he is more talented than people ever give him credit for but this is a little ridiculous <laughs> yeah, a, a, a little too uh, nice to him you know yeah and today my kindred special edition came in from Snaps the collector's edition I cannot wait to break into that I've never seen it. Never oh, seen that one. I mean, do you like Demon Wind? I've never seen that yet. My God, Matt, what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Transformers 2 more times than I care to remember, but I haven't seen those yet. <laughs> Might have something to do with because it's like an 80s uh, creature feature. Maybe you just missed it and like kind of snuck under your radar for a while. Never yeah, I, mean, I definitely mainlined a lot of those at one point in time. So it's like if I missed them then. Uh, you know, I haven't really gone back and as much as 80s creature features are like the best thing ever for me. But like, that, yeah. if I didn't see him in that first go round, I did miss a, a, a certain chunk of them. It happens. You got to watch it. Uh, don't buy the special edition because you're not a big fan. But, you know, you definitely got to watch it at some point. Well, with the new edition, it'll probably pop up on some streamer somewhere. So I'll have to catch it then. I do need to see it. It's like, I don't think it's streaming on anything. Not even uh shutter hopefully after the release you know 
hopefully after it's the 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 initial wave of sort of people buying the blu-ray hopefully it pops up yeah on shutter or something like that and i'll definitely check it out i love shit like that so i know i'll like it (laughs) okay that'll end it this week so remember to be kind and rewind